<laughs> on Skype. Okay, or we're back. <laughs> Welcome. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Our own personal podcast here, Odyssey. How you doing, Parth? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. What about you? Doing pretty good. You know, um, got home kind of late, and by late I mean like six thirty ish. But um, okay, this is going to be kind of a special episode because we want yeah. it to be a little educational would you say that's the correct term yeah yeah so it's it's like a little bit of a deviation from your typical podcast that we've been doing it's not going to be free flowy as it's still going to have that free flowy type of element but it will be a little bit more educational we're going to choose a specific topic and like sort of dissect it when educate the people on you know the history of it and just discuss things about it and things like that yeah i mean we love to be uh, analytics when it comes to certain topics, and we love to dive into details. So we're yep. going to see how this goes. Yep. And we're going to talk about <laughs> something that we really relate to, to be honest, in our daily lives. And I grew up with this particular topic. Uh, would you care to say what we're going to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So it's freeways in L.A., which is terrible. Right. Terrible. terrible. <laughs> kind of a boring topic, but for people in L.A., it's a day-to-day life thing, and everyone hates it, so it's a real thing. It, it would be hilarious if like people are in L.A. traffic listening to this podcast about L.A. traffic. <laughs> it's kind of bad. I don't think people understand how bad it is uh, yeah. when they're from out of state. I mean, even mm-hmm. when they're from out of Los Angeles, because you know, it's so unique, just the, the traffic system in general. And you know, transportation is huge when it comes to L.A., I mean, you drive every day. You experience the, the pain, <laughs> the long uh, drives, things like oh that. Oh my god! You have a pretty nice car, right? And oh yeah, you Thank can't you. really go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You have to have open road to like really experience the, uh, the true power of a car, right? Which is not sure. so possible, especially during rush hour in, in LA. Um, I know from personal experience that. You know, so I used to drive from a city called Diamond Bar, which is in the outskirts of LA. Uh, it's about, I'd say, like half an hour east from downtown LA. It's about thirty miles, thirty miles yeah. east. Yeah, yeah, approximately. Uh, I'd have to. I used to have to drive past downtown LA into an area called Santa Monica. So I would have to take the sixty west uh, onto the I ten, and then onto I think it was the four hundred five, four hundred five for a bit. And oh, so. Wow. I had an internship in Santa Monica last summer, uh, not last summer, the summer summer before that, uh, had an internship all the way out in Santa Monica, and I had to be there around 7.30, sometimes 8 o'clock, right? So I would have to get up at 4.30, leave the house by 5, and be on the road for about two and a half hours just to get oh there. Oh, my God. And it's, it's in the a, morning? Yeah, it's 45 miles, 45 miles. To, to cover 45 miles... Typically, if it's free, if if you know traffic, if there's no traffic, right, and you're going like 60 yeah. miles an hour on on the road, you're probably or 65, 70 miles an hour, you're probably gonna get there about at a rate of one mile per minute, right? So if it was 45 miles away, it would take you 45 minutes to get there. But this right. time, with LA, you know, traffic, it's gonna take you about two and a half hours. Um, yeah. That's the sad truth, to be honest. I mean, even in the morning, you still have uh, congestion, don't you? Like, once you pass downtown LA, um, it just becomes very congested, doesn't it? Oh, big time, big time. And I mean, it, it's it's congested even before, but it becomes even more congested after. 
Um, and on the 10, right. it's, it's terrible. 10 going, um, going west it is it's ridiculous. And, and the same goes for the nighttime, the evening time, when people are going back from work to home. And it's the exact opposite direction. And you'll see it, you know, you can actually see it from my house. Like you can see this giant, just a line. It's like a, it's actually kind of beautiful. <laughs> true. It, it is kind of actually, yeah. So the thing is, right, I think when you're driving in it, as long as you're staying, it, okay, it can be boring for some people, but honestly, I didn't mind it way too much um, because I would keep myself busy or I would like think about what I'm going to be doing for you know, the next few hours or whatever, or I would put on an audio book or something like that, right? You have a lot of time to kill. That's pretty yeah. much the, the idea there. I mean, uh, just to explain a little about freeways from people who are not really familiar with this type of system, if you're from out of state or out of country, uh, in LA area, in Southern California, we have a big transportation system set up. I mean, even back in the, in the early 1930s, um, they set the system up and they knew it was going to be huge. So yeah. The reason for that is because we have so many people packed in to this amount of space, right? Um, so we have like 10 million people as a population in LA, I think, and just okay. in LA. So, yeah. I mean, you have a lot of people uh, per square mile, pretty much. Yeah. So when it comes to the freeways, let me just name a few. Uh, we got the 5, we got the 210, we got the 605, we got the 405, we got the 101. Uh, we got other side freeways like the 60, the 39, the 91, the 57. I mean, there's a ton of freeways that yeah. you know, people have to be familiar with uh, if they want to commute around L.A. <laughs> yeah, and it's complex. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think some people actually become like professional uh, drivers <laughs> when it comes to driving around L.A. Like if you Uber around L.A., you better know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, big time, big time. It's crazy because it's just so complex and, you know, there's different times and for traffic hours, things like that. And, you know, once you get through downtown L.A., that's where you experience the most traffic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I want to ask a question, actually. Why okay. do you think there's so much traffic in respect to these freeways in L.A.? Is it like the amount of people? Is it not enough freeways? Not yeah. Planes? So, okay. That's a, that's actually a really good question, right? Um. I think what it has to do with, obviously, okay, I think over time it's gotten worse, okay? Oh, really? Okay. I, I think so because the population keeps increasing and the way that they're, that they're adjusting for this is they add a lane or two, right? But what causes the congestion? Yeah, that increases the space on the freeway, but that's not enough. I guess it's not enough uh, to fill up as the population grows bigger and bigger, right? There has to be right. some other solution coming in the next, uh, I guess, two or three decades. Um, so the thing is, there's only one off-ramp and one on-ramp to like for certain areas, right? There's like stops, it, like there's multiple exits along the freeway, correct? Right. Um, now, here's the thing. When cars want to take an exit, um, they have to stop because there's there's a signal right at that exit, correct? And so sometimes it, sometimes the signals are red. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes these signals are red and it backs up all these cars, right? And there's so many of them. And then we have to wait for the signal to turn green and then the signal turns green and then a few cars go. But the rate at which cars are entering the freeway is much, much bigger than the rate at which they're coming off. So this is how you slowly congest, you know, get, get a congestion of traffic. And honestly, do you rush hour? It, 
it's a lot longer than just like uh, uh, like just like a couple hours in the morning and a couple hours in the evening. It lasts like a solid four hours or so um, oh, in the evening and like morning. Half the day. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember because I actually so uh, when I was in college, I was at UCLA, and this was in Santa Monica, right? So again, the exact same area, and I would have to whenever I wanted to go go home for like the weekends. I would always have to plan it out beforehand so I didn't run into rush hour. Or if I did, then I would have to prepare myself like, okay, what am I going to do in the car? You know, I could listen to this audiobook or whatever, but so much time I got to. It's yeah. so much time, so much time. And your, your butt actually gets sore because you're just sitting there for so long. <laughs> and your foot too. I mean, it's just a bad time for your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not natural to be in that position for that amount of time. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. you've experienced it quite often and even to this day because i'm pretty sure you take the freeway yeah. daily probably um, um almost daily uh almost daily okay. I, I wouldn't say almost daily nowadays a lot less than i used to um i used to do it a lot more but right because it's when bad, you do a commute a lot more to you UCLA. have to you kind of have to get into a zone you know it's like you're you're paying attention while driving but at the same time you're not you know, and, and you just got to like, <laughs> you got to stop. Yeah. yeah. You got to like stop and brake. Like, but then the second you let go of the brake and you move the car forward a little bit, you know that in three seconds, you're going to have to press on that brake again. And you just slowly, slowly edge your way along the freeway and every single morning. Yeah. That's what happens. And um, there are some people, sometimes you'll see the occasional driver who's in a rush. Right. And it's it's scary because like you don't necessarily trust other drivers on the road at least i don't a lot of the time so i take precautions (laughs) (laughs) so um oh yeah that's that's crazy that's crazy to think about because when it comes to traffic in general i think most of it's caused by just shitty drivers (laughs) oh yeah accidents (laughs) yeah accidents things like that it's it's a sad thing to think about but um i honestly think that the freeways are not the problem when it comes to traffic. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the 405 has enough lanes. I'm pretty sure the 5 has enough lanes. I'm just convinced that it's just the amount of people in L.A. Okay. in general and shitty drivers. And you always have those kind of drivers in L.A. Um, right. When, what I mean by a, fitty, a shitty driver is someone who doesn't know where they're going, someone who is very eager and is pretty much, uh, I don't know, trigger happy when it comes to the, the gas pedal. <laughs> he, yeah. He disrupts traffic. He disrupts the flow. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious to see um, that traffic buildup can be caused by these individuals who pretty much, you know, don't know how to drive. <laughs> no, seriously. And and these people are the ones that typically end up causing the accidents, you know. And and here's the thing too, right? Like when the traffic is super slow and you get into the rhythm and the zone, people tend to go on their phones because it's slow. The traffic is slow enough to be able to handle being on your phone, and it's illegal, right? Like you're That's supposed illegal. to get a, you're supposed to get a ticket yeah. for that, and people do it anyways. You see them all the time. Um, you know, oh, yeah. another thing to and and this is what will cause accidents, right? Yeah. One thing to note, though, whenever I would always drive in traffic, I, in the mornings especially, I would always sometimes I would pump up loud music just to get myself in a good mood when it's like super early morning, you know, just to get myself in a good mood. And I see all these drivers, pretty much every single driver that I, that drives by, they're they're just like dead. 
they're, it's just they have this look of misery on their face. Like they're going to their, uh, their, the job, their nine to five job, which they absolutely despise. And I, I feel bad. I genuinely feel bad. Yeah, and, you kind of have to because, you know, yeah. no one likes that kind of routine, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got to get up in the morning. You got to go to a job that's across L.A. You got to sit through the traffic. You're alone. I mean, it's it's a bad Monday morning <laughs> right? for most right. people. And right. I'm pretty sure you hated it um, when you drove back to UCLA when you came back home for the weekend. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, all the time. I would have to find a way to keep myself busy, you know. Yeah, and I think what you did was you listened to a lot of podcasts. Was that it? To yeah, pod. So podcasts, but more so audiobooks. Um, okay. There's an app uh, called Audible, and uh, I think Amazon owns it now. And I have a subscription to that, so they give you one free book a month, and it's like fifteen bucks a month. Um, and, uh, with the subscription, they give you lowered prices on books and of of one book a month for free. So, and at the time, you know, if I'm just going to be driving back, back and forth every like weekend, um, I would typically take the audiobook out and each one is, I mean, it depends, right? How big the book is, but, um, they would be between like five and 10 hours. So I would be able to finish, you know, a book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it to keep yourself occupied. Plus, you're learning a lot. So exactly, exactly. That's productive. You you at least feel productive in that time span. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of like listening to music or maybe a radio show. Um, yeah. And come to think of it, I grew up pretty much on radio shows. To be honest, <laughs> I remember because yeah, I remember a lot of them growing up because I went to a school uh, along the sixty, a high school. It was a private okay. school, so I would have to travel from. Uh, La Mirada to uh, Rosemead through the 60. So uh-huh. that's kind of a drive. Um, I remember in the morning, every morning, uh, my dad and I we used to listen to um, just radio shows. Uh, yeah. Gareth 101, uh, 100.3, The Sound, um, right. 95.5, um, KCLA Rock, things like that. And that that pretty much made the morning uh, less sufferable <laughs> because they, they would entertain you and they, they're just like they're in the car with you and making sure that you know you're having a good time Remember that, that yeah that you stay sane <laughs> they stay sane right yeah they're, they're yeah. funny they have really good personalities you know they interact they have these yeah. cute little games it's right it kind of makes your morning i remember that and yeah I remember my yeah my dad and i we, we used to always uh play the games like you know, if you're the 11th caller, you get, you win a thousand bucks. And it's like, oh, we got to do that. <laughs> we oh used to call like every morning. And then one oh, time yeah. we got like the, the 10th spot and we're like, oh, we're so close. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so that was a fun time. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that kind of is a, a good memory. And Definitely. I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that in LA. Like they love listening to the radio. Um, yeah. That's probably a, 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 a unique thing in uh, LA today. Definitely. Definitely. Is that where you got your radio voice? My radio voice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I slowly (laughs) absorbed their personalities and I combined it all. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll become the next big thing when it comes to radio. (laughs) Unconsciously adapted. Yeah. I probably had some sort of effect on me, to be honest. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, 
this we didn't really talk that much my dad and i in the morning because we were tired you know right and we just want to listen to the radio uh music things like that and these personalities they kind of grew on you <laughs> oh yeah on the radio um and when it comes to you know driving in my area um i'm very familiar with um close to orange county anaheim area so okay uh more very familiar with the 60 and very familiar with the 57 the 5 some of the 605 um i never take the 405 like i took it like once maybe um, okay but i'm very familiar with this this little region right here um okay and they kind of have it they kind of have it blocked off here so it's perfect <laughs> right um yeah i mean beach boulevard very familiar with that uh, i used to drive down that all the time um, i think you told me that actually yeah yeah so uh, beach boulevard is a special type of highway um it's not a freeway it's like a, a regular um like main highway um so there's not like there's tra- there's uh traffic stoplights and there's like residential areas you drive through there's businesses you drive through and um, yet it's still a highway I think they categorize it as a highway, to be honest. Um, okay. So there's there's Beach Boulevard and there's Pacific Coast Highway. They kind of um, they call it those names. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not a legit interstate, right? So an interstate is considered like a legit freeway with no traffic stops, um, and it's just like sixty miles per hour, fifty five or above. Um, right. But yeah, speed limits don't exist on the freeway do they <laughs> so so it's supposed to be 65 miles per hour but it's supposed we to be, all right? we all know no one to really follows those you know <laughs> we'll admit it's, it to be honest <laughs> the real speed limit is about 75 miles in my opinion that's the typical you know, speed plus, everyone goes. right exactly exactly some people it's go 80 <laughs> some people go 90 it's pretty crazy uh, i see people go 90 yeah. uh once you get out of la on the five <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's only crazy. possible at night when oh, rush hour is like dead yeah 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 um you know so it's funny because before i found out today that before freeways it was actually powered this whole like you know because la is a large city right and in order to connect the city together they had to have some form of transportation and uh so before freeways it was actually powered by red cars uh which started in 19 1894 by yeah, like two that. yeah so they were like two men. That, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, imagine, turns out you're like 120. <laughs> I remember back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Trolleys. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, so it was started by uh, just two like brothers-in-law and our brother-in-laws. And uh, uh, they just, uh, they began this. It was actually privately owned uh for la this mass transportation system and it was a public transportation thing right and you know they're like little trams that'll take you around um and uh then there was this company or this group called ncl they bought out uh pacific railway of los angeles which is the red the red cars like that was the company and they began to discontinue the you know the red car system because they had some other I guess plan in mind or something like that and then you know the justice department came after them and they sued them and all the shareholders had to bail out of NCL and before um, the case could go to trial essentially they all left and but by then it was kind of late because they had already discontinued all the red cars and that was pretty much what doomed the red car system 
And then after that, they had to sort of adapt and, you know, the population just kept growing, especially in the 20s. You know, they call it the roaring 20s. Um, so people stopped using red cars anyways. Uh, the private car started to become more and more popular and it was more alluring, you know, just for various reasons like privacy and and more control over exactly where you're going. Um, and But the problem was that the LA streets were not really built or equipped for that. It wasn't like ready for these, you know, like a massive onslaught of just cars. Um, and so, you know, collision rates actually ended up like skyrocketing and um, the more and more cars got on, the more and more the collision rate rates, you know, went up and up and up. And so as a result, traffic would be backed up even more. And then that would take, you know, even more hours. Um, and so, you know, then around 1937, there was something called the Automobile Club of Southern California, uh, AAA, something like that. I'm pretty sure it was AAA. Okay. Yeah. Um, they came up with a solution in this like little manual that they came out with. Um, and so they said that there should be designated areas for only cars. So no pedestrians, no buildings, no buses, no trains, um, etc. You know, no bicycles, only cars. And these were called motorways, which is, um, uh, and so, so basically that was the name that the Automobile Club of Southern California, uh, had, you know, come up with and they had actually mapped everything out. And this map was shown in this little manual. They released it in like 1937. Um, but uh, it took a while. And then at that at the time, LA had already been experimenting with construction of the freeways. Uh, so they had just, you know, finished building something called Ramona Boulevard. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Ram- Ramona Boulevard. Slightly. I maybe heard okay. it once or twice. I think it's a near, it's, it's I think near the 10, if I'm not oh, correct. Uh, okay. I got a picture up here. 1935 view of Ramona Boulevard freeway approaching the Los Angeles County General Hospital. Right, oh, wow. exactly. So, you know, that fit all the requirements to be considered a freeway, but they had no center divider. And so there were like tons of injuries in the first, you know, few months and everything like that. Uh, but in around 1947, that's when uh, part of the AAA's, you know, vision became feasible. And so the state passed this, uh, I think, Collier-Burns Highway Act, that's what it was called. And so what this act did was it taxed uh, 1.5 cents on uh, gasoline to pay for the freeways. And uh, it's almost like a cultural thing, you know, like California. Like freeways are like a California thing a lot of the times. That's like considered, uh, especially an L.A. thing. Uh, But even San Francisco has a bunch of freeways. Um, so, you know, there's almost like, uh, and I mentioned this before, there's almost like a rhythm that you kind of have to be driving on the LA, uh, freeways with, right. That's, uh, uh you have to kind of know when to stop and go. And it's about like once every three seconds. I think so. it's very second nature to be honest for most drivers, because there are some people who do it every single day, right? I have a friend who works at Disneyland and he takes the five every day from Downey all the way to Anaheim to Disneyland. Right. So, uh, when we drive on the freeway and when he talks to me, he says that it's like, you know, it's like muscle memory. So yeah. break, stop, go, um, you know, take the exit, make sure you get in the far right lane. Um, so he's, he's always dealing with that. And of course there's different types of people on the freeway, uh, different types of cars. So there's, there's trucks, 
Um, then there's like uh, pedestrian vehicles, like I don't know, like you or other people who have like a um, like a pretty much a residential car, like maybe a Prius or a Camry or a Toyota or something like that. Okay. Um, and then there's uh, there's police on the highways too, highway patrol. And oh, I think yeah, they're yeah. a very special task in respect to the justice or the LAPD. Um, okay. So I once read somewhere in an article, I can't remember which one, that the Highway Patrol, uh, they have to meet like a quota each month. So they'll deliberately uh, catch people on like the minor mistakes. And yeah. they'll pull them over and they'll give them a ticket. So. Yep. That kind of sounds corrupt, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they got to meet their their goal for the month. I guess like you got to give out yeah. so many tickets or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's almost to like it, it's kind of like you know they have to make sure that these cops don't have like a soft heart and let them go easily and that sort of thing. You know, um, that's true. I guess, that's, I guess, and it's also to make sure that they're actually not just roaming around the city doing nothing. You know. Right, so, that's true. Keep them in line. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think Highway Patrol is a very uh, a, they're not aggressive, but they're very annoying <laughs> to a lot of yeah. people. All like right. when you see a cop on the on the highway on the, the freeway, yeah. you pay attention much more <laughs> immediately. When he's not immediately, there. immediately. It's oh, it's yeah. kind of amazing how everyone just like behaves when it's a cop right. in sight. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Hundred percent. It's, it's funny, you know, guy. they on the freeways to get past the cars, they're driving on motorcycles. And most of them are, yeah. Oh, most of them are, yeah. And when you're driving on the freeway, you know, you'll typically see a few people here and there driving on motorcycles. And so these people they just like they zoom right past the traffic. And I'm like, I get pissed off and annoyed, but I'm like, you know, <laughs> I should probably get myself a motorcycle license. <laughs> just so I can avoid all the traffic that's the benefit isn't it like you, you can just uh slip through all the congestion and cops can do yeah. that too um yeah yeah so that, that's an advantage and i think uh they made a case for that in court to be honest so uh really? i think before motorcycles were allowed uh as like a vehicle to be driven by a, like a citizen um i uh-huh. think they argued that citizens could drive motorcycles and rip through traffic because police officers can um so we should have uh, that right or something like that and i think they won or something or something to that nature yeah. i think uh, i might be yeah. wrong on that who knows maybe it's always been a right but you know they still do yeah. it both police officers and the citizens and it pisses everyone off <laughs> seriously it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah he's yeah. getting up there and i'm stuck here yeah that day mm-hmm. no one likes them i mean yeah. i'm pretty sure uh, being on a motorcycle is very dangerous it's got to be oh, it is. one of the most dangerous activities out there. It is. Um, they say your life insurance policy, if you have one, it skyrockets the premium if they find out that you're driving motorcycles <laughs> or if you have a motorcycle license. That, that's actually true because I used to work at a life insurance company for a while. Oh, wow. Imagine that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy to hear about. I mean, that doesn't make sense, to be honest. And I'm pretty sure yeah. they're... Do they have car insurance? Do motorcycles have car insurance? Um, some, some type of motorcycle insurance? To be quite honest, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I mean, they should, right? 
It's uh, required by the state to have insurance. Yeah, when you drive any vehicle. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume it's too different for a motorcycle, um, because motorcycles can also get trashed. <laughs> I mean, they're not as expensive though, so maybe it's not required. Who knows? They're not as expensive. How, how? What's the usual cost of a motorcycle actually? To be honest, I'm not sure, but it's somewhere around two thousand, maybe three thousand. Um, okay. Four or five thousand. So like, I mean, depends, right? Yeah. They're saying here that it's between five thousand and ten thousand. Um, oh, okay. But if you're over twenty five and have spotless driving, uh, have a spotless driving record, you can get a pretty decent rate on insurance, possibly under five hundred a, a year. Okay. Okay. So at least they 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 do pay uh, insurance somewhat. Right, but I mean, enable to be able to do that, you've got to be a good driver. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You've got to have some skills. I you got to be careful, also. Yeah, because you can easily bump into someone and piss them off. Yeah, not only that, if you bump into someone, you can get knocked off that motorcycle, and if your head hits the concrete or something, you're done for. Oh, you're done for. <laughs> I mean, you're much yeah. more of a vulnerable person on the road. Exactly. You have less mass, so. If someone yeah. hits you with a car, you're done. <laughs> yep, yep. That is scary. Yeah, I would not. Yeah. I would not drive a motorcycle to be honest. Even the oh local, yeah, I wouldn't drive it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how many people do you think actually get motorcycle licenses just because they want to look like a badass? <laughs> <laughs> Become the next Terminator. I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> like 45 percent of them do. <laughs> oh my god, they were they have like a shotgun in their hand. <laughs> Leather jackets. Glasses always are on. <laughs> sunglasses, ripped jeans, leather jacket. <laughs> Spiked hair. Yeah. Buff muscles. Uh, That's the dream. I'll be it? back. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm pretty sure most guys go through that phase, to be honest, where it's like, you know, I got to get a motorcycle. I got to join a biker gang. Right. Um, Oh, speaking of biker Dude. gangs, those guys yeah, are annoying ahead. on the freeway, Dude. aren't they? <laughs> they're scary. They're scary. Some they're of them scary. are like they they're all wearing like some of them are like these uh, these old dudes with like big big beards and they're wearing these like bandanas and everything like that. It's like I don't the you know tank tops with like you know leather jackets and stuff like that I know. You know and they always it, have the loud motorcycles it's never like the quiet ones <laughs> yeah yeah it's not one of those ones where you have to like kind of bend over it's like the ones with like super tall handles i know, you know like I mean? over the shoulders <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well how could you drive like that <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> i always see them with like a girl on the back or it's like it's usually older people to be honest yeah yeah maybe <laughs> they want to feel young kind of gangs but yeah. it is kind of a, a hazard, to be honest, because, you know, uh, they're very loud, and I'm pretty sure that uh, they can cause more of a... Will they cause more of an accident? I'm actually not sure. Maybe they're more safe, actually, since they're in a group, because they travel in unison. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Uh, it would seem like, you know, people would try to avoid them on the highway when you see, you know, a gang of motorcyclists... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, they say LA is actually has been ranked officially as the number one worst uh, place for traffic in the world for the sixth straight year. Actually, I, I, I think, think by now it's like the, the seventh or eighth. You know, when I hear that stat, I always think of comparing us to New York because I'm pretty okay. sure New York has a lot more congestion when it comes to square miles. Okay. Um, 
I've I actually compact. so I actually just did research on that today and um, I found out there's actually okay so going uh, so in the U.S. traffic from worst to less worse um, is Los Angeles is number one, New York City is number two, San Francisco is third, Atlanta is fourth, and then it's Miami. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I got a graph here on CNN yeah. that gives us the world's most congested cities. And whoa, LA whoa, whoa, seems... man. Fake news. Fake <laughs> news, kidding. bro. <laughs> they... <laughs> we can't follow this data on graph. Probably about For all we know, they fabricated that data. <laughs> <laughs> they make LA look good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the liberal city. <laughs> <laughs> the best no, city in the funny. world. <laughs> but, you know, I'm pretty sure when it comes to LA, we have... Uh, the most people here owning a car compared to other cities, I believe. Like, most people yeah. here own more cars than, like, in, I don't know, Texas, Dallas, or um, maybe even New York, probably. Because I know most people don't have a car in New York. Most of them take uh, public transportation, the subway. probably. Yeah, the subway typically and taxis, that sort of thing. Uber now, right? More so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For LA, I think most people have their own personal car, to be honest, because you need your own car pretty much to get around LA in general. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if, if you use public transportation, even Uber, I think well, if you take Uber, it would be a little expensive. Um, yeah, it would be. Because the, the, the amount of distance is larger, right? So if you wanted to go from like your house to LA with an Uber, I'm pretty sure it would be like 40 bucks. Yeah, 40, 50 uh, bucks, something like that. 40, and and if and it, it just, depends on the time of the day, too, because if you know they're wasting true. two hours in traffic, they're going to yeah. jack up the rates, right? So, And that's the lowest kind of uh, service, right? So that's like the economy class, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you take yeah. Uber Lux, then it's like... Huh. It's like 150 maybe <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one drive. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But those kind of drivers make a lot of money in L.A., um, especially in Hollywood, like the luxury type of Ubers. Yeah. That's where the money's at. Um, Seriously? It's a living, I believe. Um, Wow. Because I've taken Uber a few times. And I hear a few stories about, you know, Ubers being in Hollywood. And, you know, they have a luxury car. They get paid, like, um, like a bunch of money uh, per day because they're driving, like, wealthy people from party to party, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be a, a legit occupation. Right, yeah. right. I don't doubt it. I've always joked around about you becoming an Uber driver. <laughs> Me? Oh, yeah. I drive a lot. <laughs> yeah, you but do drive quite a bit. I, I love to drive. See, that's the thing. Like, that's my oh, excuse. Really? I actually do love to drive. Um, it's one of the things that I thoroughly just enjoy doing. doing. You are a good and I know driver. Tesla's uh, making these self-driving cars. And I'm just like, I'm not looking forward to that because I actually want to continue driving, you know? That is interesting how they're developing that, especially in, uh, they want to develop uh, self-driving cars for Uber, don't they? Is that what they are they were trying to do? Or just in general? I'm, I'm not too sure, actually. If that's because the know, case, then aren't the they going to put Uber drivers out of business then? That is true, to be honest. I guess they would protest that. <laughs> yeah yeah that does make sense actually yeah. but i know the latest tesla model has like an autopilot um option like okay. if you're going um 
on a certain road, um, and it's somewhat empty. You can put it on okay. autopilot, and that will essentially give you um, an AI to control your car for you. Okay. And I would think that's kind of a hazard in LA today. Right. If that were to be implemented. Um, because you, you can't really trust anybody on the road, to be honest. Um, so the problem with driving is I think anybody can drive, but I don't think anybody can drive with other people. <laughs> okay. It's, it's always um, watching out for, um, you know, other drivers on the road. Because there's always yeah. going to be someone who doesn't know what they're doing or who's too eager and, you know, an accident can happen really quick if someone's distracted or not paying attention. And I think most uh, accidents happen at intersections uh, with a stoplight. Cause, okay. Uh, most people don't pay attention or... Yeah, when know. they're making, like, the right turn on the red signal, then, you know, they got to look for oncoming traffic. They got to look for pedestrians. They got to look for, you know, just it's... People are impatient, I think, and when they, you know... They they make assumptions about like oh it's fine it's fine you know there's no cars coming like I'm just in a rush then that's typically when accidents are bound to happen and you know some of these people are on their cell phones too right so and most yeah. people don't understand the the physics of a car <laughs> to be honest yeah I think if you're like on the freeway <laughs> you have to have like so many distance in front of you if you're going so fast so if something were to happen you can press on the brakes and be safe with this amount of distance in front of you. Right. And I forget the exact numbers, to be honest. It's like every 10 miles, you need to be like two car lengths away or like three or something like that. Um, okay. Uh, most people don't follow that rule. A lot of them tailgate and a lot of them keep close distance because they want to go faster. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't logically make sense. Because if you're, if you're stuck behind that car, why? how are you going to go faster? Does that make sense? And even if you that do go faster, you're probably going to end up at the place like maybe 10 or 15 seconds faster, maybe a minute at most. You that's know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you, you always meet that driver that's zipping through traffic and then you meet them at the, at the stoplight. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. That happens. Do you know how many times that's happened? Like I've had, I've had a driver, right? I've had drivers do this almost every time I drive, okay? They pass me, right? Because I'm going like approximately the speed limit. I have a clean record right now, and I plan right. on keeping that clean record as, as long as possible, right? Um, especially, you know, because I want to keep my insurance down and everything. So anyways, I, I'm like following the limit, the you know, the rules a lot more than I used to back when I first got my license. And so mm -hmm. uh, these car, I'm going at like the speed limit. Let's say it's like 40 miles an hour. At most, I'll go 45, right? Yeah. Um, and so these cars will pass me, they'll zoom past me, right? They go at like, if the speed limit's 40 and I'm going 45, they'll go at like 50 to 55, okay? And they'll like mm -hmm. pass me and they'll go super quick and then the red light comes up like right after and they have to stop. And I'm like sitting right next to them. <laughs> I'm giving them this look like, are you serious right now? I got here at the really, exact bro? same time you did. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really. I, I think the system is set up to optimize the amount of time uh for everyone right so if you want to yeah. get to a destination i'm pretty sure the stoplights are configured in a way where it allows the most traffic to flow you know what i mean yeah 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 whenever i take beach boulevard um i've gotten i could name a few times where i would actually go down beach boulevard without any stops 
it's okay. like um there's like a magic um speed that you go at where you can match up with the timing of each spotlight spot yeah at each traffic stoplight huh it's crazy um so i'm pretty sure there's some you know algorithm behind the traffic system and the lights yeah probably that like kind of optimization for, for yeah travel. you know i think you know these people that are, that that go faster they'll probably end up getting to their destination a little bit quicker um but if you're, you're like in congested tr- yeah maybe it's like so minuscule it's not really even noticeable uh but you know since they're in a hurry maybe they're late or something like that they really think that driving faster will really get them there a lot faster you see what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. um mm-hmm. but I mean, unless the freeways are like open or something and you're driving like 80 miles an hour versus 70 or like 75 and you're going a long distance, like an hour away, then yeah, you might get there a solid maybe 10 minutes earlier, you know, but that those are the conditions, right? But most people don't drive under those conditions, you know. You know what? My mom thinks like that. She is kind of a reckless driver, to be honest. Oh, okay. You know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, I, I grew up with her. Um, a ton of experiences of, of, you know, fast travel, uh, you know, days where she would just go super fast because we got to go somewhere quickly or we're going to be late. Or um, I remember one time we went to go visit my grandma and she was like driving really fast. And right. she would amazingly cut the driving time nearly in half. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah, I don't know what's what's about it, but, you know, I guess she's just that kind of driver, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> or maybe she gets so, really lucky. Like, maybe she gets all the green right. lights or, you know, she doesn't get that many people on the road when she's driving. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we joke about that in my family, where that <laughs> she's, like, a, a very fast driver or she's, like, a very determined um, <laughs> driver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My my dad, uh, you know, what? Anytime I'm driving, and um, you know, like, let's say uh, I'm so I'm driving, he's sitting in the passenger seat. He will always tell me, "Dude, go take that other route. Like, why are you driving like that? Like, why are you driving down this route? Like, you could be taking this way, you could be taking that way." I'm like, "Can I just drive, please?" My like, dad does it. It's not. <laughs> I think every it, like, dad does it. <laughs> I, it's like, how much faster is it gonna be? Like, you get, you'll get there maybe five seconds faster. It's not like anything substantial or you know something to waste mental energy over. You know. <laughs> <laughs> My dad does that. Whenever we take an Uber, yeah. <laughs> when we get back into LA, he always, um, pretty much, is a second driver. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's like, you should, you should do this, you should do that, and you know, the, the Uber driver's helpless, so he, they have to follow. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not gonna like tell their customers no, <laughs> right? Otherwise, they get a bad rating, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny, but I think um, that's kind of a thing with guys, isn't it? It's like I know where I'm going, like this, this is the best way. I know how to drive, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah. Do you get like that at times? Like maybe when you're dr- not driving and someone else is driving. Um. You know, I try not to. Um, for the most part, I'm. If I recall correctly, I'm not like that because. And I, even if I think it in my head, I'm like, oh, he could have gone this way. That would have been a little bit faster. But it's fine. I don't really care. I'm not gonna like sit there and waste mental energy on like how I would have gotten there faster because I know 
what it feels like to be in the driver's seat and to get that criticism. And I'm just like, you know what? Why, why should I kill the vibes here? You know, I'm just going to spend that extra five seconds to have a better conversation with this person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally. Why add more stress to the driver? That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm just, uh, yeah. usually I'm immersed in the conversation that the driver and I are having. I don't really even pay attention too much to what route they're taking or anything like that. I think we have that experience sometimes. Uh, like, I remember we're on the 60 and we were talking and talking. And yeah. I think we missed our exit or something like that. And we had to get up like at Pomona or something like that. Oh, dude, that happens all the time. <laughs> anybody who so drives with that, me knows. You know, yeah. We kind of just went down the freeway. And Seriously. And you know it happens because it's like second nature, muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, people who drive with me know that's it's like I usually don't end up. I miss the freeway so much, or like the exit, the exit so much. Like it, like exits, yeah, yeah. Well, and sometimes um, it's dangerous, right? Where it's like, oh, the the exit's coming up too fast. I don't want to like um, gun it and yeah. pass four lanes to get into the exit lane. Yeah, it's kind of although I have done that too, you know. <laughs> so, but typically, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Everyone has been that person. Yeah it's, yeah, it's kind of like a necessity to be honest, and yeah, it's bound to happen every now and then because it's like, oh, I forgot this, or you know, it's going faster than I thought. Yeah, um, I just uh, I learned in a video today uh, that the four hundred five and the one ten is said to be the worst going westbound into Santa Monica, and I was like, you know what, those are you know the freeways or the I ten I think it was, um, mm -hmm. and. Those are the exact freeways that I would take when I was going to the internship or back to UCLA. Wow. And the same drivers would come back at night and make it the exact same way. Um, oh my so, gosh, round trip? Jeez. Seriously. Now, the thing is, like, how many alternatives do they really have? Right? You can take trains. You can take the bus. You can ride a bike, although that's not feasible because you're not going to get there quick enough. Um, what else? Like self-driving cars will be a thing of the future, right? Uh, which we talked about Tesla's working on. Um, so I guess that can make it easier if you can to like occupy your time in the car properly. Instead of having to focus on the road, Like you can actually do something in the car right, to be productive or whatever. Uh, get your day started early, be on your laptop, you know, getting work done or whatever. Um, and I mean, something to also consider is the environmental effects, right? Sometimes, like, if you look That's over yeah. LA, yeah, if you look over LA, especially during the summertime when there's no rain, it's very like you can see the smog all around la especially if you're in at an elevated height you'll see it just look into the distance look towards downtown la and you will see so much smog covering the whole area and um that is a pollution essentially you know um you know it's and i also learned this today that during world war ii um, officials thought that they they basically suspected a Japanese chemical attack because of the smog. It was so strong that they thought, okay, these chemicals are like in the air. It could have been for all, for all we know, it could be you know like a Japanese chemical attack. Um, 
but it wasn't until like 1975 that they were mandated to have what's called a uh, catalytic converter and that's what converts smog and the toxic chemicals that you know are emitted from a car into less harmful chemicals and so that that essentially drives down the pollution in our environment if you go back into like the 70s and the 60s you know how cars used to emit a lot more like smog and stuff like that oh, yeah big time yep and and the even though there were a lot less drivers back in those days um the pollution was a lot worse you can literally like smell it in the air you know so but nowadays it's it's less because the the cars are actually becoming more fuel efficient that sort of thing right um very true that's a very good thing i mean la yeah. is definitely an area of concern when it comes to pollution i mean if you if you live by the freeway i've heard that like your life is decreased by like a year or maybe five years um whoa really that's what i hear to be honest um, dude i live by the freeway <laughs> i live by the 60 well, west <laughs> you live like <laughs> high above the freeway to be honest <laughs> okay, okay okay i'm talking about like residentials who live like directly next to the freeway who, okay, who okay hear all the cars and you know get direct fumes from the cars um, right like people right. in downtown la who live next to the 101 like in hollywood things like that so uh-huh Living next to transportation systems is not fun at all. So if you live like next to a metro or next to an Amtrak or next to a freeway, even next to a big highway like Beach Boulevard or um, or even Valley Boulevard, for that matter, of mm-hmm. uh, a road you're familiar with. So, right. I think more and more well, people are... So pollution... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that they're, you know having health effects uh, yeah so so health effects are are one thing right and then there's another thing is um just the noise right like when when you hear if you actually go out and you're near the freeway you'll start to realize how uh, the noise is really it's affecting um just their lifestyle like they have to get used to it obviously right and i always wonder like how do people handle living next to airports you know, there are actually know, right? houses and yeah. it's like planes taking off left and right, planes landing left and right. And you're fine with that. The real estate values there must be really low. So if you're willing to handle that, like, you can probably get a cheap apartment or a house out there near LAX or something. <laughs> Would you do that? Would you be able to um, rent a house next to an airport? <laughs> honestly, I if it's cheap enough, it, if the price is right, I probably would. I wouldn't care. I would have to find a way to like not be distracted by the noise. How would you sleep? Yeah, that's the big reason. Th- that's the, big the thing, concern. right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think my ears would have to adapt because okay, here's the thing: when I sleep, I sleep with the fan on consistently, and that's oh, just a habit, fan, I, guys. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had a, a habit since I was young, and that's because of my mom. And you know, she grew up in India, and it was really hot during the summer times. So she would have to have the fan on. Yeah, no, seriously. And so, well, no, I wouldn't even say genetic. It was like whenever I was, um, uh, when she, she basically grew up with the fan, right? Like when she was sleeping. And so, when I was growing up, she would always give me a fan, and it was just for no, like I don't know, no like real reason. But you know how in the summertime it gets really hot here, right? Yeah. Also. So, uh, and I'm just used to it. Like all that noise, I can sleep right through that noise. So it's kind of yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. I remember in summertime, you know, you have to have the fan on because if you sleep with no fan, you get really sweaty and you stick to like the blankets and, you know, it gets really nasty. Um, 
<laughs> so I can yeah. understand how people need the fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny though. It's like you need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the yeah. night. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess I can do that. I sleep with music on, to be honest. Really? The whole night? Yeah, the whole night. Yep. Wow. What kind of music? Helps me sleep. Uh, it's like soft jazz, something like that. Um, yeah. You really like really soft like... jazz, huh? You know what? I do. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I love soft jazz as well. I, I like the song, actually. he's uh, So Matt's the one who picked out the theme song for, for Odyssey, and actually, I really liked it. Oh yeah, that's, that's like true. that's tip. That's your typical style. Like I can feel it, you know. Yeah, very chill, very mellow. Um, yeah, it's. I like that kind of vibe where you sit at a diner. It's late at night, and you have like a cup of coffee. Yeah, what was that one painting you showed me? What was that called? Uh, Nighthawks. Is that what it was called? Uh, famous. Uh, famous like nineteen forties painting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. You were like, uh, when we were trying to set up this podcast, you were like, we should be like, it's that's like the vibe we're going for, right? Like just two oh, dudes like talking at night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what we're a, doing now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well be in a diner. Might as well. <laughs> we, should, we should create artificial like diner noises in the background. Artificial? I would love to eat right now while we're on the podcast. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, our first podcast was like that. I, I loved it. Just sitting yeah. down, eating something, having a few beers. Yeah, yeah. We can definitely do that again. Oh, yeah, big time when I come down. Uh, I'll come down soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to great. We we can drink and everything. I think we talked uh, quite a bit about freeways. Um, Do you have anything else you want to add? Maybe here Uh, and there, a couple facts, stats? uh, No, other than just, you know, if you do come to L.A., uh, be prepared for the traffic and the freeway. Um, oh, be prepared yeah. if you're going to plan if you're coming here then plan around you know your travel time like through the city and everything around rush hour so that you're not wasting time and money through uber um, other than that um, the pollution is terrible because of the smog which i think will be cleaned up within it's years. not too bad i mean yeah it's definitely there but it's definitely yeah. not bad it's gotten better to, it's gotten better like you yeah. can walk outside and you know walk down downtown LA, enjoy the the view. Um, yeah. For advice of tourists who decide to come to LA, uh, the traffic is bad. To be honest, you're going to be stuck in traffic hour, and especially if you're going through downtown LA. If you decide to go to Santa Monica, the traffic's bad too. Through Hollywood, Hollywood has a lot of narrow roads, so be prepared for that. And. Where else? If you go outside of LA toward Anaheim, it gets a little more smoother in respect to the freeway. Um, a lot more open roads. But just keep in mind, though, a lot of people work here. So you're going to experience a lot of uh, just working individuals like on the freeway, um, a lot of truckers. Um, what else? Uh, business people going to work here and there. Yep, yep. We have it all here. Just every occupation, you can name it. Pretty much. Good to yeah. Know. So, um, I mean, if there's nothing else we have to say on freeways, we were also thinking about talking about uh, Alex Jones. Um, yeah. For people who don't know who this guy is, um, he what is exactly, what is his occupation? Like, how would you describe Good question. who Alex Jones is? <laughs> Official title, 
I would say so he is a so it says a news here. oh it says there okay okay let's, let's go with that first it's, yeah yeah so so it says here Alexander Emmerich Jones is an American radio show host and conspiracy theorist. He he hosts um, the Alex Jones Show from Austin, Texas, which airs on the Genesis Communications Network across the United States and online. And so this guy has what like twenty had twenty six million views, I think, um, or view, subscribers on his like channels and whatever. And he recently appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, after getting shadow banned from Twitter, from YouTube, all these plat- big platforms took him down, uh, and he just went on a rampage about free speech. And we watched this podcast, which was like four and four hours and forty minutes, which I didn't even watch the full thing. Matt, is that his longest podcast? I wonder if that is. So, so I think in the middle of the podcast, Joe is saying that his longest one was actually around six hours. Oh, that's and, true. And right? Yeah, he was trying to break the record. Uh, uh, Jones was trying to break the record, but they—I mm-hmm. don't think they, I guess they didn't. But that being said, um, this podcast was weird, dude. I had no idea how weird Alex Jones was. <laughs> like some of his theories are like—they're <laughs> crazy, man. It's like the yeah. uh, the interdimensional space elves and the ambassador to the flat Earth movement <laughs> and the human pig uh, mutant hybrids, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my god, dude. We're all done, Joe. We're all screwed. <laughs> Why don't you go there, Joe? It's so crazy. Oh my. God. God, the amount of energy this guy has is beyond what I imagined. It's crazy yeah. how loud he gets and how much of a rant he can just go off on. Yeah, yeah. Were you surprised on his like personality in general? So when he got shadow banned, I watched a video, uh, about an hour to two hour video uh, of him surrounded by a bunch of uh, reporters and they were just asking him questions and I saw his energy there. And I was shocked. I was like, damn, this guy, he's like, he's hardcore. Uh, he's, a, well, he, he hates the globalists, right? I don't know. That's like a group of people who uh, want to globalize everything. You know, he's more of like a populist kind of person, right? Um, okay. And so, I don't know, just when I saw him first, I was like, oh, yeah, energy was the number one thing that stood out to me. I don't think I've ever seen someone who is as popular like lose it he's like out of control he's like everywhere you know Um, it's crazy it's like he's acting but he's not (laughs) i genuinely believe he's just this kind of erratic individual who just his mind works so differently than people like you and i it's not even he never slows down he it's almost as if he needs to keep the train moving and he needs to get faster and faster like he he pops from one topic to another in like a span of seconds he'll cover like five things yeah. in like a second it's crazy yeah and yeah i think that's what really gets to most people is that he's able to convey all of these controversial issues at such a rate where it gets people thinking uh, yeah i i agree but also here's one thing is when he says it so fast i also kind of get confused you know i think and that's what causes me to like stop for a while rewind it maybe and like re-listen to it and think about it does that make sense yeah yeah it definitely is a type of man that needs to be calmed because <laughs> he needs to, <laughs> i think he really needs to have rational 
discussions in respect to, okay, what do you mean by the government? What do you mean by they? What do you mean by hybrid human beings with pig parts or something like that? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He just goes off and off and off until he convinces you or something like that. Um, yeah. I think he needs to convince people. He was trying to convince Joe uh, in mm-hmm. respect to saying like, oh, you know all this, Joe. You're smarter than me. Why the hell are you playing it dumb? You know this, Joe. And he kept saying that over and over and over again. He was just yeah. trying to recruit him to his cause that the world was going to end and all these conspiracy theories are true and that he needs to do something right now and he needs to you know fight for humanity and it's kind of exhausting how he communicates um just to dive deep into the analysis of alex jones mind i think he is that frat guy at the party who is charismatic enthusiastic alpha male and who um kind of a jock you know what i mean so okay. that, that basic frat guy style that that frat guy uh um expression i think i think he used to play football um when he was, really he was yeah. yeah he was like a he was an athletic guy and uh that was what the other person on the podcast i think his name is eddie bravo uh, he was saying so. I feel like most people like Alec Jones for one of two reasons. They either like him because he is a relatable uh, alpha male individual. So I'm pretty sure most of his followers are like rednecks or, you know, <laughs> other yeah, conspiracy probably. theorists that are like totally into what he's saying. And I think the other half or the other reason is. People think he's a joke, and they think he's hilarious. <laughs> he's entertainment, yeah. He's entertainment, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's um, entertainment. <laughs> I think also another reason to add to that would be his just energy, right? I, th- I mean, I guess I can tie into like the charisma and like the you know the relatability, right? Um, the energy that he brings, I think that's a huge factor as to why people would even listen to him. Because if you if you look at the average person, right, when they're trying to convey their ideas they're not as like you don't see the energy you don't see that type of energy right like where he's like he's almost out of control there was one point in the podcast where he was screaming he He was like yelling he exploded he was like he got up out of his chair and wasn't he like jumping up and down or something or like he was like waving his hand or something he's waving his hands up and down yeah he was just screaming at the top of his lungs because he's like pay attention to me i'm talking yeah yeah (laughs) he has that kind of style yeah yeah and he just I think you know what it is that either the reason... And you know what's funny? Here's the thing, okay? I want to believe some of the things that he says, okay? And I think I do believe some of the things, okay? Uh, Because they're actually verifiable, right? Um, Not everything I believe, but it seems like he is actually an intelligent person. When you... If you... Went back to, you know, InfoWars or anything like that. It seems like he's actually done research and he seems like an actually intelligent person when you ask him things about, like, history. And he was saying things about, like, Winston Churchill was, like, half English. Or, or sorry, half half uh, half American. Um, and just all these little facts and, like, little details about the people at, you know, in power during World War II that nobody really talks about. Um, and just all this information which you know i think part of it is entertainment okay 
I think maybe he does exaggerate a little bit of this stuff, maybe, and it's because he gets attention for it, right? Because he's got, what, 26 million subscribers and stuff. Now, a bunch of people like his content, correct? Uh, correct? Like, even the, the podcast, like, a bunch of people liked it. Everyone, you know, people in the comment section were saying, oh, get the popcorn, like, this is going to be gold. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, part of it is entertainment, but I think there's also some truth to what he's saying. You know, maybe not about like, you know, magicians and how like, you know, wizards and all this kind of stuff that he was saying. Maybe not that stuff. But I can believe like some of the conspiracy theories that are potential possibilities, right? Like um, like they say that Germany had a bunch, they were much more advanced technologically than we actually even knew. Um, but they couldn't get it off the ground because of whatever other reasons. And we kept bombing their facilities so that, you know, they, their technology just wouldn't take off the ground essentially, but they had a bunch of ideas and they were actually more advanced technologically, a lot more. And, you know, because they, they were thought to be higher IQ individuals as well, you know, and, uh, that sort of thing. But he was That's just saying of, some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was just, um, he was saying things left and right without context. He was stating all these statements. He was acting as if they were fact, as if yeah. that is the truth and that you need to believe it. He's very much a convincer. And I feel like he tries very hard to get people on his side. Now, when he talks about stories like people taking drugs and communicating with aliens and how the government is keeping babies and harvesting them for organs a lot of these topics are kind of disturbing and yeah they're very much uh controversial so i it's, think that's yeah. style it's how he thinks because he even talks about his upbringing where he's like you know i've dealt with conspiracies all my life and my dad was part of this um you know special group that he couldn't talk about and it was super top secret and you know, the, the government's hiding a lot of things, and I feel mm. like he's, would you say he was paranoid? Uh, to a certain degree, yeah. Um, I think it's paranoid. Again, like, I, I want to go in with an open mind and just hear what he has to say, um, but I do think to a certain degree he might be a little bit paranoid. Now, I, you know, knowing the stuff that we know, right, like we've read, you know, books like the 48 Laws of Power, things like, you know, you know, Machiavellian things that are not too far off from reality. And you can actually, you can see how some of the stuff that he says can actually be true, right? Like the, it is possible that the government is, you know, wants to, I guess, you know, you know, do this whole population control thing where they're like, um, you know, there's not enough resources to go around on the planet or something. And the only logical solution is to take out some human beings through some like plot. Right. But they can't obviously announce that because it goes against almost all morality. Right. And, but they have no choice, let's say, or, um, you know, they were, I guess they, they spread syphilis in like the, to, you know, they, the American scientists were like testing in, you know, with syphilis, I think it was in Guatemala. Um, so all these, you know, a couple generations ago, they were injecting people with syphilis and whatnot and, um, without them even realizing it, I don't know how, I forgot what he was saying, but 
you know, I would not be surprised if things like that were real because, uh, well, I would be surprised a little bit, but what I'm trying to say is that they are possible, right? How they're verified, whether they're verifiable or they're true, who knows? Um, that's something you, I think you would actually have to do research on. And it's funny because Joe also said at one point during the podcast at around like three hours, the three hour mark, because I just watched it uh, a while ago. He said, you know, part of the reason I like bringing Alex Jones on is because I want people to see this Alex Jones, the, the one that is a funny guy, the one that I, that, you know, says things that actually turn out to be true uh, at mm-hmm. times. And so Joe, it, it, he was essentially saying, you know, dude, like I, I see where you're coming from. I, uh, I understand that, you know, your frustration because a lot of people may not believe you and, uh, you know, some of the, f- the things that you were saying actually are real, you know, and it was a good thing that Jamie was there, right, to verify all of this uh, information or at least a lot of it um, regarding, uh, you know, like, for example, when they were talking about like the Mayans and the Aztecs, they were saying uh, things like the, the Mayans, yeah. yeah, the sacrifices, how... Like the Mayans smoked penis blood, which I don't know what the hell that was all about. But that was a random topic to talk. Yeah, it was so weird, and so you know they would like they. I mean, I guess they verified some of this stuff, right? And uh, who knows, man? Who knows? Who does know? To be honest, I mean, history is such a a complex uh, field in general. I mean, who really knows who wrote the truth and things like that? And with that yeah. fact, people like Alex Jones can start compiling these conspiracy theories from the past right so he can start saying like maybe the nazis are uh responsible for nasa and they're trying to take over and they're a separate government and they've already produced these like cell towers that are controlling people's minds with certain frequencies so he really just goes off and connects all these dots from history right and he likes to talk about world war ii often that's kind of an interesting thing i noticed yeah, um, yeah, it's like everything that happened from World War Two. Yeah, so, no, um, that's kind of strange to be honest because it he, yeah he likes to talk about the Nazis quite often. Yeah, didn't he? I think he said that he was uh, descended from like Germans, right? Like yeah, yeah, something like that. His grandfather was a German, or um, something along those lines. Um, yeah. They were talking about something called uh, Operation Paperclip. Do you know what that is? Operation Paperclip. He did say that. Okay, what was it about? Um, Operation Paperclip. Remind me again. I have no idea, but I'm going to look that up right now and just get a little quick summary. So it says Operation uh, Paperclip was a secret program of Joint Intelligence uh, Objectives Agency uh, largely carried out by special agents of Army CIC, in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians, such as uh, Werner von Braun um, uh, and his V2 rocket team, were taken away from or to, were taken from Germany to America for U.S. government employment, primarily between 1945 and 1959. Many were former members and some were former leaders of the Nazi party. 
the primary purpose uh, for the operate for Operation Paperclip was U.S. military advantage in the Soviet American Cold War and the space race. The Soviet Union was uh, was more aggressive in forcibly recruiting recruiting more than two thousand two hundred German specialists, a total of more than six thousand people, including family members. Um, with uh, another operation uh, during one night in October, so um, they basically brain drained, right? That's the whole concept. Like they took the smartest people from uh, the country and they used their intelligence to give them an advantage in the following war, which is the Cold War. And I'm not really shocked because remember, if if the idea that the Germans were actually much more advanced technologically, um is actually true then that would have been a major advantage to have so um wasn't einstein from germany or something also I think he came he was, over yeah he was he was one of those refugees that came over yeah so they say einstein's ideas or something or maybe he himself directly was involved in the creation of the nuclear weapon nuclear bomb or the atom bomb um i don't know if he was directly involved but his ideas maybe um but uh albert einstein was a jew right he was a jew i think okay i think he was yeah yeah but yeah it's crazy to think about how these pioneers um most of them were not american (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah so it just goes to show how smart people can be um and it's amazing to think about how we all had innovation within america how they came to America and it all started here on, on American soil. So, yeah, it's amazing to think about how Alex Jones, he not only believes in a lot of these conspiracy theories like operation, uh, paperclip, things like that, and how true they are to an extent where they're being used today to like control people and how he says that, humanity is in it for the worst and that we need to do something about it i wonder how many people actually believe in this how many followers of his because if it's a lot is that a bad thing who knows but i think most people follow him because you know he's entertainment and you know he can he creates a lot of drama yeah Right, right. And um, it's funny, I was watching this, uh, another podcast uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I think I mentioned him on the last episode. Um, But he said that it's uh, unintelligent to um, believe in everything that you hear. But it's also equally as unintelligent to deny everything that you hear and to be a skeptic of everything that you hear. Now, I understand people's skepticism, you know, when it comes to certain ideas, right? Um, you want to explore opportunities, but if you keep denying certain basic facts, right, it's it becomes tough to go anywhere because then you can question anything, right? And yes, it's interesting to experiment with these ideas, but are they going to help you out in any way, shape, or form? Um, you know, questioning things like uh, the whole, like, you know, there's, like, people out there who believe that the Earth is flat, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I can understand and appreciate their skepticism, 
but there's something like that there's been too much um too much evidence to prove them wrong you know what i'm saying like and if if that's the case then everything that we really know about a lot of things that we know about space would be incorrect then too right because if earth is not round then or spherical then how could the rest of the planets be that way you see what i'm saying and all this other stuff now i don't know now we're getting into a whole different topic but essentially <laughs> i think it's it's important to be open-minded and to consider the ideas but not to be brainwashed by everything that you know just this one guy says and to believe everything that this one guy says um you know do you think alex jones he's easily brainwashed because he's just a dumb guy like he has just a low iq that he'll just believe in anything because he's so paranoid so so i don't believe he's low iq only because he seems intelligent enough to he seems more intelligent than than you know the average person he seems to know more than the average person right not everything he said in my opinion was crazy right like he he knew so many facts it's like he um was really just you know like he was he was uh listing all these facts and it doesn't it doesn't seem like a low iq person would know all of this stuff does that make sense or even yeah. be able to have the ability to know you know uh, not just all these facts but to communicate the way that he does with all the complications of the conspiracy theories to even understand how complicated some of these conspiracy theories are i think you need to have a certain level of iq you know what i'm saying yeah so that makes sense it may not be low IQ, but it may be um, he's just a little bit too skeptical, you see? And I actually thought that for a while. I did. I was like, is he just like really, you know, like for a while I did. I was like, is maybe he's just like super low IQ and he's just like really flamboyant and people just started, you know, watching him. Now, I don't think he's low IQ because after a while of listening to him, I was like, okay, I don't think that's the case necessarily. Um, it may just be that he believes in everything, you know, it's just like, or, or not everything, but you know, he just believes in stuff or, you know what, I, another possibility I could, I, uh, messed around with, or I, I tried to think about was maybe he's purely lying about all this stuff to get people's attention. And he's just an entertainer. You see what I'm saying? Just trying to like, it's not like, far from imagination. That is possible. Yeah, you see, like twenty six million followers and and or subscribers or whatever, and the people that when they follow him, they follow him. Sometimes they just want to hear like how crazy the things that he's going to say are. Um, so you know, people will follow him and everything like that. So if he says more things that are crazy, there he's going to get more attention. Um, now again, like there are some theories that he was talking about where it's like you know. I was, you know, like people who have taken all these drugs and have communicated with aliens. Um, it's kind of freaky a little. But, it's a little freaky. It's kind of a um, far stretch of a story, to be honest. Yeah. See, like those types of things, I'm kind of thinking, okay, maybe that was just part of the imagination, you know. But at certain points, he did say things. Joe was even saying this, was that, you know, people in like a group of, you know, People doing like ayahuasca in a group will experience the same like communication with the same beings or something like that, same aliens or whatever. And he called them elves. He called them elves. Which that was even, kind of which, a term that slipped in. That's kind of weird. 
I was like, are, are, like elves, like, like Santa's elves, <laughs> like what? What do you mean? Um, um, so all of a sudden, elves are like trying to like get human beings to destroy each other and like all this immoral stuff and whatever. Now, this kind of sounds like you know devil worshiper talk to me. Um, so oh, yeah. it's. Now, here's the thing, right? Joe Rogan also said this. Um, He said, uh, people in the ayahuasca, people doing ayahuasca in the same group or in all these drugs, they experience the same thing, okay? How is it possible to experience the same thing in that group? Well, here's one theory, okay? It's that to do ayahuasca, typically, you know, they they say, I think you have to go down to like Mexico to like do it in certain parts of the country or whatever. Ayahuasca? Is that a type of drug it, it is yeah it's like a psychedelic okay. drug i think um, i know nothing about drugs to be honest <laughs> no I, I don't either i've just heard them talk about it on the show oh, okay um but you have to have someone guiding you through the experience and everyone apparently throws up and you know things like that happen right now but they come out a changed person completely changed now if they're being guided by someone and they don't know what's going on, they're like in this completely different state in a completely like different world. Okay. Then it is possible that the person guiding you through it planted a bunch of those images there by like talking to you while you're high on, on ayahuasca or whatever. Right. And as he's talking and leading you through the group, you you're starting to imagine and picture all these things you see. And then I don't know. So I think that is a potential possibility where like the person guiding you through it will plant these images in your head. Maybe right. and that's how everyone gets the same image. It's like a complicated um, form of a hypnosis. I yeah. can believe that. Um, but the fact that he is so on board with the fact that you can communicate with aliens while you're high, it kind of seems counterintuitive because it's like, okay, you're high on drugs, on a substance that's made to mess up your neurological uh brain system yeah yeah isn't it obvious that you're gonna see something that you wouldn't normally see yeah i was kind of confused by that connection that's that's what i thought um and then they said something like uh the only way to access the the fifth dimension or whatever (laughs) sixth or seventh (laughs) he he started talking about like 12 dimensions and things like that yeah (laughs) No, just like the only way to access the fifth dimension and like uh, the interdimensional space aliens and the, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, is to, you Perfect know. voice, by the way. Yeah, I know. Thank you. The interdimensional space aliens and the... <laughs> Uh, but anyways, um, he was saying, you know, to access all this kind of thing, you have to be in that state. And it does something where, oh, oh, you know, here's another theory, by the way, that they were flirting with, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can sort of like I can see why they would think this. I don't think this is like some insane theory, but I do. I would rather believe in evolution first. OK, obviously. But this other theory was like the the origination of humans. Right. And how um we were actually, you know, the same as any other animal. And these aliens came down and they experimented with uh, the Homo habilis or whatever, you know, um, and in, implanted some of their DNA into us as an experiment. And then they kind of just let us go and are like watching us to see. It's, it's almost like the Sims, right? Like they created this world 
sort of and they're just like they're not really in control of it i guess this in the, well i guess in the sims you're in control of it right yeah that kind of makes sense but uh to be honest there's so many different theories out there for the reasons for life and how it's being run right because i know elon musk has his own theory where we're, like we're a simulation and uh, yeah we're just yeah. like in a computer and you know we're not really real and then alex jones is saying that you know we're an experiment for interdimensional aliens who are testing <laughs> our our functions and how we um evolve <laughs> and then there's other theories like evolution where you know we started as organisms and we developed into this being and then there's another See, that theory one seems religion. the most rational to me it does. that one seems the most rational to me. i think most people are on board with that yeah but i mean then then but you can't tell that to a religious person right because that's like what they're obviously not gonna they they have their own belief right um what do you think about religion by the way uh just in general yeah just in general i think it's a very uh necessary type of uh um hierarchy and order to be honest i think it was necessary for mankind throughout history because it gave a sense of uh, Hope. complex meaning and respect to higher thinking. So I okay. think religion is a very uh, useful type of system. I don't think it's a very uh, toxic system. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a system that um, promotes like hate. Um, at least most religions, some religions do. Um, but in in the general concept, this belief in God is a is a very human thing, and it's a very complex. Uh, how do you say? It's it's a very complex idea that enables humans to do a lot of just important things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In general. Yeah. yeah. Um, answer but yeah no 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 yeah 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 i mean we can get into religion in a, in a different podcast yeah um so they were saying jones was saying something about uh the bible and how the first uh, well, maybe it wasn't the first verse it was a story in the bible that talked about something oh, and man is created it, in god's image or something like that um, well, that was part of the conversation, but I think this was something different where the story relates and says something in a weird language. And, you know, people think like, okay, you know, what he's describing here is aliens. Okay. And that's normally thought not just by Alex Jones, but by many other people that this story could potentially be about aliens. Right. And many, many people have thought this apparently. Um, and the way that they describe it, obviously they have no technological terms back, you know, back in those days to be able to describe all of, uh, you know, this technology that the aliens may have come down with. So they have to say, you know, oh, this flying beast came down from the sky when it was actually a spaceship. Right. But they didn't have words for that back then. So there was a particular story in the Bible where they like described something and it seemed like the image that they're painting is of aliens. And there is a lot of um, art out there. I think in like the pyramids and even in caves in the Mayans, they have a lot of depiction of what is seen 
to be like flying saucers and you know these weird alien figures on the in respect did you ever watch that objects. show ancient aliens i've heard of it but i never watched it really that that's essentially what they talk about on that show like mayans and egyptians and how they were not able to how is it possible with only manual labor right to that the pyramids just were like man. constructed yeah yeah each t- each brick of uh the pyramid would would weigh like two tons how can you have the strength and the manpower to be able to build something like that you it know and they're trying to figure it out and then the mayans also now again these are conspiracy theories right but even in chinese uh literature and greek uh greek god myths uh, or greek myths right they the way they describe some of these things like zeus came down with the bolt of lightning and from mount olympus is and, and yeah, all these analogies that's kind of interesting yeah and it's like why does why do all these people have a religion where there's gods right and like they say like they, the way that the chinese used to describe dragons in certain texts uh was like that of a spaceship like a long snake-like spaceship um and it was like like fire breathing and stuff like that which could have been like an engine or something like that i know um, right all the connections you know, are being made and then like it's very easy to be uh attracted to this kind of stuff because it's like oh that serious? makes sense like oh my god yeah. i never saw that before <laughs> yeah exactly. i've been down that that hole yeah 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 because <laughs> it's, like, it's like hmm how can you explain that how come the egyptians really uh had all these symbols and things like that for aliens and all these pictures every real i think every civilization has some tor- some kind of a depiction of aliens do they yeah, no, they possibly could. I'm, I'm sure, and even in Hindu religion, like they had, like there was this one god um, who lived on Mount Everest, and uh, he carried half the. He carried it. He he was able to carry the crescent moon on his head, and has like a snake wrapped around his neck, and like all these these like images, right? Essentially. <laughs> Now, I don't know where they came up with these images or, or how, you know, people have come up with this. People That's have said that strange. religion had, yeah. used to be a form of control, right? They would they would tell oh, them, you know, time. God yeah. God wants you to behave this way and these are this is what God t- is going to tell you to do. And if you don't do it, well, guess what? You're going to hell. And if you do do it, then you're going to go to heaven. And they paint this great picture for you. So they're basically conditioning you to follow a moral set of codes that the elite of the time did not use to follow the elite would would this is their way of keeping the population the mass population under control um and this is this is kind of like getting into like the realm of the 48 laws of power right making like a cult and like painting this picture of of like a fantasy to people now i'm not saying you know that is 100 percent the case but um that is one theory out there that religion is all like all religions are just completely fake there is no no one real religion everything is just rationality evolution uh the universe was just created out of the big bang like there is no other explanation or there may be a different higher being but it's none of these gods or none of you know this like bullshit you know that all these religions come up with so that's the theory is that you know it was all a form of control by the government that to keep the mass in line because if they don't listen to 
the leaders, the elites, right, because the mass population can rise up and overthrow the government, right? Back in those days, there was no, like, crazy military with, like, gunpower and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Nowadays, or nowadays, you know, we all have guns and things like that. But back in those days, the mass population can just, you know... I'm not saying they can barge into a castle and take over or something, but it was yeah. easier, I think, to overthrow the government. The so kind of pro- who would they yeah. have, you know, as a figure to fear? It would be God, right? It is interesting. I think it had that type of effect, and I think that was a benefit from this type of religion idea. Um, I could think of, like, uh, officials around a round table, and they're like, okay, we need to keep these guys in check. What do we do? Yeah. Let's create a following about this make-believe figure that gives them wishes and sends people to hell and that will keep them in control and everyone's like yeah, yeah that's pretty good sure yeah yeah and, that, and if they don't off. comply and then right? they write a book on the spot <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like you know to keep order in society also right there are yeah. certain like biblical sayings like treat treat yourself or treat your neighbor as that you would treat yourself or something like that Golden right rule. good yeah 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 and like morally uprighteous things right in a world where let's say this is strictly evolutionary darwinism there is no morality it's survival of the fittest that's it and power was the thing that people played for right so to keep people in check and in line this was like this was their their thing you know yeah so did you remember when they talked about google's reason to be in china and how like china was experimenting with cows and everything like that I believe so, how he argued the point where we should work with China instead of uh, keeping like technologies from them because they're going to they're gonna develop and copy them anyway or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and uh, Google, if, if basically if a company in China is run by this, it, it becomes state-sponsored, right? Like if it's like if it is uh, run by the government, they give like some massive incentive to them. And that's like some sort of profit. I think I forgot exactly what he said. There's like but... no income tax for the company or something like that. Or no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like tax free or something like that. Yeah. Tax free. Something so, like that. So attractive, isn't it? To move to China. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many companies have moved to China from the U S I forget. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know Apple's moved a lot of their operations there, um, but I think their headquarters are still located here, if I'm not incorrect. Okay. I, I think it's it, it depends on where the headquarters of the company are, right? So yeah. I'll give you an example. Burger King is uh, used to be located in Canada. Uh, Ford was in Mexico, right? And these are because of different tax rates and everything like that. Right. Um, uh, that's part of the reason why Trump wanted to lower corporate tax rates and to incentivize these companies to come back because they're paying, you know, instead of paying the American government, they're paying the Mexican government or the Canadian government, uh, whatever, the lower rate that they're paying. Right. Um, and so that tax revenue is being missed out on and, you know, it's helping the other governments essentially. Um, Alex Jones really, um, he doesn't like China. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's, he's talked a lot of trash on China. He thinks China is like going to take over the world. 
I think he does. I think he ultimately thinks that China is developing all of these technologies and that they're going to not only take over in terms of economic, but in terms of like global. Yeah, they have like these. He was talking about how they have like tissue farms and how they're experimenting, experimenting with like cows and things like that. It's always the cows. They're always experimenting on the cows. <laughs> I know, right? It's always the story. You definitely can't do that in India, man. That is My true. people worship they the cow. Do they do. <laughs> Why is that, to be honest? I never really you know, understood that. It's funny because people ask me, like, hey, man, do you worship a cow? And I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> I don't worship cows. <laughs> I've never thought of asking you that question, to be honest. <laughs> dude, I don't know. So the thing is, we don't actually worship cows. We just okay. think that the cow is sacred and we, we should not kill and eat the cow you know at least a lot of parts of india yeah 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 um and we what we do worship are the hindu gods right if it depends on obviously the religion right but the vast majority i think about 89 percent of the population of india is hindu um and that's a huge population it's a huge you know considering the population yeah it's a lot of people yeah they're a huge population exactly exactly um but uh yeah anyways so then he talked about like breakaway civilization, um, new life forms, uh, just he you know world government. Time. Yeah, he really did. And then he talked about um, certain biological bacteria <laughs> that's uh, yeah that can enter your mind or something like that and brain control you. Um, yeah. So so there was uh, there was. Um, there are certain parasites out there that will control little animals or something like that. And they'll, they'll, something like that. Yeah. 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 Basically they, they start to mind control these little creatures and they force them to like commit suicide so that they can then break out and stuff like that. So these are little parasites, right? And it kind of reminds you of, uh, Prometheus and like, uh, aliens versus predators and things like that. You know, all these little, like these parasitical, uh, alien creatures, that actually apparently do exist out there and they uh, i guess they, they're they're trying to harness that power or something like that there's got to be some sort of biological <laughs> fact that we don't understand about it because it's a very complex yeah. thing to talk about viruses and bacteria and biology it's so yeah. it's so complex i think it's more complex than like engineering <laughs> uh, you know i think he was saying that they actually do this with the uh, vaccines right it's like uh the, this virus the or something like that yeah i, I think yeah that's they like, give you like the dead shell of the disease not the actual virus that that can penetrate your body but apparently this, so this is how vaccines work right they yeah. uh give you the shell the dead shell of these viruses that contains the dna of that virus and then your body your antibodies will learn to um yeah. fight it off if it, you actually do get the virus so yeah. you become immune that makes sense, to be honest, because the body does produce white blood cells and antibodies in respect to exactly. foreign uh, bacteria. So it does make sense to have the body do its, uh, do most of the hard work. And that's amazing, yeah. to be honest, how your body can adapt to um, harmful bacteria and viruses. Seriously. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Your mind, I mean, not your mind, your body is such a, it's such a powerful machine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's crazy um, to think about. It very much is. Um, For Alex Jones, so, though, yeah. so I think what 
he needs to realize is that there's a lot of complex issues out there and I do believe that he does his research and I do believe he has all these databases that he can refer to and some of them might be legitimate but I think what he misses or that he overlooks is the uh, the practicality the, the, the rationality behind these conspiracy theories okay so he he claimed that NASA is like trying to control um, society and that they're a breakaway government and they're run by Nazis. Um, right. So that's kind right. of a tangent to go off on. And then he rants about that and how we need to stop it and things like that. I think kind where he can strange. improve is actually explaining the theory fully more so or going a little bit, diving a little bit more into the theory and taking it slower Right, because he's he rambles so quick, and even even Joe's had to stop him like multiple times. Like, okay, hold up, you're ranting, dude. (laughs) Yeah, like like let's take it back a couple steps, right? Um, If he can communicate his ideas more effectively, more efficiently, better, so that the crowd can actually understand him, I think he would be um, uh, listened to more. But here's also the thing: is I think part of his appeal is that he rants and goes crazy. You know, I think I think that's part part of the the entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. It's that he talks about all these things and he's so sure of himself and he's so confident and he gives out that alpha vibe that yeah. <laughs> he people end up following him. I think that's yeah. the ultimate uh, attraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so breakaway governments, man. NASA. It's kind they of got, strange to uh, think about. I mean, what what defines yeah. a breakaway government? <laughs> Let's start with that. I, th- I think so. I think it's like they. This govern this little government NASA is its own little government, right? Where that was a part of the government, yeah, yeah, that was a part of the original government, uh, but now they're sort of a breakaway government. And he said they were uh, testing, um, or they get they get a lot of their technology from LSD, DMT, sure. um, ayahuasca, you know, right? So ayahuasca, it's not the engineering; it's just the drugs. <laughs> uh yeah yeah and so i don't know dude like they have this like plot to uh you know like uh, i don't know i forgot what the plots were dude it's so complicated what is it like harvesting infants or something i know i think that was like the actual government i think the nasa breakaway government was about uh taking drugs and communicating with uh just aliens in general from like another dimension or something like that and that they're making deals with them um, oh yeah to take over interdimensional like, aliens it's, <laughs> you know what yeah <laughs> it's all kind of <laughs> silly and it's all kind of just strange to think about but <laughs> yeah 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 i mean is it true who knows well many who people knows, believe man. it probably not i mean who's so, really doing the justice work here like who's really going to figure out if that's right or wrong i don't know the thing is so here's the thing right um if nasa is really willing to try anything they will take they will try anything does that make sense like i'm sure nasa wants to find aliens i'm sure if they haven't already then they definitely do want to okay okay wait a second didn't didn't he also say that it, it was the germans who had found the aliens first and then they came to nasa uh with like a little deal or something like that and so nazis were actually running nasa i don't know to be honest i'm not really sure on the details on that because 
you know what? I'm pretty sure NASA has some substantial data in respect to making contact with some sort of intelligent life form. But I right. think that themselves, this is what I think. I think them they don't even understand it themselves. Like I'm pretty sure they're they're saying, okay, we have some data that's very questionable. We need to verify this. But they're still trying to verify right. it. Maybe that's the issue. Or maybe that's the gridlock that's happening. Um, okay. So who can really know? Even if they do come out and say, we've made contact with intelligent life form, a ton of conspiracy theories are going to be just proliferated left and right and like what's going on and so much misinformation is going to be spread on every type of media platform it's going to be crazy no one's going to understand what's truly going on so they say that in today you know five six hundred years ago and more and beyond that power used to come from knowledge right uh knowledge having more knowledge gave, gave you more power Nowadays, it's about there's so much knowledge and so much information out there, and a lot of it is so much of it is misinformation, right? And so there are sometimes contradictory claims and things like that. Today, the power in today's age is to be able to sift through all of that information and use that limited time that you have productively. Does that make sense? But how do you do that? That's like, you know, that's the question. Yeah, how do you do that, to be honest? That's a good question. It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you find, I think at the end of the day, what you have to do is you find a few different people whose ideas that you, whose main ideas that you really like, and you dive deeper into their ideas. So for example, Jordan Peterson, we, uh, we typically are a fan of his work, right? Because, yeah. oh, we see a couple videos here and there. We really like what he had to say. And then we dive deeper into what he has to say and then read his books and, you know, get his ideas. But that doesn't mean we're going to read every, you know, little book on the shelf regarding religion or self-help or whatever, you know? I think what made Jordan Peterson so uh, appealing to us in general is his rationality and his way of communicating his ideas. When it comes to Alex Jones, I'm pretty sure many people find him appealing because of his way mm-hmm. of conveying things and his rationality. <laughs> so everyone has their own style oh, yeah. of rationality. Um, I-, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of strange because everyone then has yeah. their own definition of logic and then their own definition of of uh, rational conversation. And Right, 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 right. He did believe, though, okay, not everything he believes is a conspiracy theory, though, because he did say he does believe in the moon landing. He did think that the moon landing was real um, and that you know like we actually did go to the moon it wasn't just like a filmed thing to get the russians to quit the the space race or whatever you know i'm pretty sure that the moon landing was real um yeah because if it was faked why was there so much uh so much funding into that kind of project were they funding something else who knows conspiracy oh apparently. very possible very yeah, very that is possible true. but do you believe the movement i knew was real yeah 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 that's not something i mean i can see how the government would think about faking the moon landing because they want to you know i mean if let's say at the end of the day right it was what was it uh jfk came out and said we're gonna get to the moon in 10 years period and that was in 1960 okay uh that's the mission we have we're gonna put a man on the moon and so they spent the nine years, right, 
and then Apollo, I think it was Apollo 11 or Apollo 13. Apollo 11, I think, that made it, it to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apollo 13 was a movie, actually. So Apollo 11 made it to um, the moon, and that was in 1969. So it took them nine years to make it, but the deadline that they set was 10 years. So if they hadn't made it then, then I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the U.S. government... After publicly announcing that within 10 years we'll have man on the moon, if they didn't get that job done, that they would have lost the space race or like it would have had some detrimental effect on their self-image or their, not self-image, their public image as right. a superpower, right? So they might have had to resort to filming it like in a fake, you know, like a studio or something like that. That does make sense Last to minute. be honest. Last minute, yeah. So maybe everything wasn't completely ready so they were like okay we need some sort of um some sort of like evidence that people can refer to we're gonna get there anyway so this won't harm anything this this is nothing right because we're gonna get there anyway maybe that was their reasoning behind it so yeah possibly possibly and maybe maybe you know this is something that joe rogan brought up too was like if you if they might have landed on the moon but because of like radiation and frequencies apparently some people say you can't film on outside like in space like film just doesn't work so they maybe had to they got there but they had to still like you know film it you know like a fake film in hollywood like a hollywood studio or something like that nowadays here's the thing nowadays it can easily be fake filmed in today's day and age with the technology we have with all the visual effects and everything like that i think yeah uh, back then, technology was a little restricted, so maybe a modern-day camera in 1960s couldn't work <laughs> in space. I'm not too sure right. because there's a couple things you have to consider. I think when it comes to a camera in space, the temperature, obviously, right, right, um, you, circuits and and certain components, electrical components, could freeze up and not provide current to to certain uh, compartments of the of the camera. Another thing to consider is, um, what would be another thing to consider? Uh, maybe the memory. Uh, maybe you can only f- shoot like a certain amount. Maybe you have to sacrifice memory for um, like safety components in respect to the camera. So uh, mm-hmm. certain material, things like that. Right. But I'm not really sh- too sure on the on the details on that, actually. I'm pretty sure a camera could work today. They would optimize a camera to work today on the satellites and the space station um because they they do have a, a live feed don't they uh nasa oh yeah, space yeah, station. yeah that's what comes yeah to i think people were watching it live a bunch of people when they actually had the moon landing they they watched it live they were saying um that's when the famous saying i think it was buzz aldrin it said um one small step for on the moon but you know one, one giant step for mankind <laughs> One Something small like that. step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, that's what he said. Ah, ah that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think this is real, isn't it? I mean, why would they fake this? Right now, I'm looking at a NASA live video of, of Earth from space on their personal space station. Um, right. And it looks like it's four different views. It's a live view of the entire Earth. And then there's another view of like the temperature, like thermal. And then there's an right. actual map of where they're at in respect to the entire globe. Oh, that's cool. It gives you like nighttime, yeah. daytime. Um, so they, right now, they talked about uh, flat Earth 
you know um but obviously if that that feed is is actually real then the flat earthers would have been would be wrong right but they'd say something like oh it's all a conspiracy theory it's all bullshit they all like computer programmed it you know uh do you you think the flirt the earth is flat (laughs) oh you know dude no not really (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of my argument against them would be to look at hurricanes in respect okay. to how they uh, how they twist, right? So there's certain hurricanes that go clockwise, and there's other hurricanes that go counterclockwise, um, mm-hmm. and that's in respect to the rotation of the Earth in general, since it's a perfect sphere. So uh, you have hurricanes on like above the equator, I think, that go clockwise, and there's hurricanes on the bottom that go counterclockwise. So that's that's one little right. argument that I would give. Uh, another argument would be how uh you can always see the sun in respect to two people's perspectives right so if you have let's say a person over here where the mouse is like in california and you call him from like japan and you say do you see the sun and if he says yes then the earth has to be round (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) no no no. i i yeah i believe me i get that i get that i I don't know, dude. I saw a video on um, like a flat Earth convention, and what they seemed like normal, logical people. Um, they weren't like they didn't seem crazy, but the interviewer was showing a lot. It, look, I respect their the fact that we have free speech in this country, and you should be allowed to have opinions. That's a good okay. Thing. Yeah. I I don't think that you know I'm not gonna like show them massive disrespect because they think this idea that I don't necessarily necessarily agree with. Okay. But the reporter was showing a lot of disrespect. She was asking like questions like, okay, can we ask you a few questions? Uh, and so one of the questions they asked was, um, uh, what's one plus one. And they were like, what? It's two. Um, you okay. know, and then they went on asked a couple other like basic, you know, kindergarten, preschool type questions. Then they said, what shape is the earth? And they were like, flat. And they asked, why? Why do you believe that the earth is flat? They're like, look, I get that it's skeptical and everything like that. But until I've seen it with my own eyes, I I can't confirm that, you know. And that's their that's their thought process. It's that, you know unless you've seen something with your sensory perceptions and you've seen it with your eyes that it's unless it's like flat out like right in front of you and you see it it's not true does that make sense i don't think that kind of uh mindset is a good way for rationality you know what i mean i 100 percent agree yeah you can't always see everything to make sure that it's true right so yeah um what's another thing that can that can be applied to we know that um try to think of a few things something you can't see but you know it's true uh right like you know it's always going to be true um evolution evolution. well i I can't say it's it's, i can't say it's for sure true right that's just that's a theory right which is widely accepted in science right yeah but Um, uh yeah you couldn't see evolution but it makes so much sense you know right um, you can't see electricity, but you know it powers your um, your devices. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. In, that makes in sense. In respect to that, um, 
Yeah, I mean that kind of mindset. It's it's not good to to be honest with with a very scientific mind because it's like you're so blinded to to a lot of uh, possibilities. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's you know, and it's funny because I think this is part of also. Uh, a lot of the mistake that people make when we talk, you know, you and I talk a lot about intergender dynamics a lot and how people just don't want to believe a lot of these ideas. And it's because they don't see it right in front of them, right? Even if evolutionary science has proven, you know, uh, this hormones and that, you know, like this is what the past evolutionary past used to be like, people don't believe it because they don't see it right in front of their eyes, you see? So right. uh, it kind of ties in with a lot of different ideas. I think it's a matter so. of perspective and experience. Like I haven't experienced yeah. it, therefore, why should I believe it? So I think yeah. Alex it's, Jones, it's a form of solipsism. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think Alex Jones has this idea that, or this mindset of, I know these things to be true because I've experienced them. And I think what he means by that is, throughout his childhood, he's experienced a lot of. Uh, paranoia and conspiracies and deep thought into these these crazy ideas that he's right. used to it and he's developed and, and that his dad concept. also right oh yeah pretty sure even his grandfather pretty sure so yeah. maybe it's genetic who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember he was saying how his dad used to tell him all these stories and uh things like that and that is kind yeah, of strange. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, yeah. Um, what else did they talk about? Talked about a lot uh, of things. They talked about uh, syphilis. So we talked about syphilis uh, experiments, right, that they conducted in Guatemala. Uh, he, so he said he said it was in a different country, but what the research found was Guatemala, and it's just basically that, like, uh, like some southern. Um, uh, Latin, South Latin, Latin American country, um, and I don't know what it is, but that's if that's true, that's immoral, obviously. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Very strange. I feel like Alex yeah. Jones is a he's an important figure. I think he is because he represents the idea of free speech. So okay. he shouldn't be shut down just because of what he says and what he thinks. I mean, yeah. granted, most of his stuff is kind of questionable, and I, I understand that. But it shouldn't mean yeah. that he should be taken off every platform. So No, I, I agree. I agree. I had a friend, uh, we were just talking a while ago, actually, and um, we were talking about flat earthers. And uh, they he I think it was him or one of my... Other friends who brought up that flat earthers, <clears throat> flat earthers on YouTube are about to be banned. The YouTube is considering banning them. Um, now, again, that goes against a lot of the argument is kind of like the whole Alex Jones argument. Like you can't just deplatform Twitter and all these like private companies like YouTube cannot and should not um ban free ban these people because they're saying things that are a little bit out there right these different ideas because this we the first amendment to the constitution in the bill of rights was freedom of speech right and obviously along with other things like freedom of uh, religion and everything but you have a right to 
express your ideas no matter how crazy they are and that's what i that's what i would say and uh a couple of my friends didn't think that they were like no dude like it, the flat earthers just do, it doesn't help anybody right like it doesn't um it just doesn't make any sense so i think youtube has a right to take it down because you're actually going to harm a lot of these young kids who are actually going to fall for this type of thing right but then aren't you also who who is to dictate what ideas get expressed and which ones don't and which ones are a little too crazy because they're not ex, you know accepted by the norms right like i i can tell you this normally people would not believe a lot of the stuff in the rational mail but i we you and i do right very few like a very like a minority of men out there do right um now if they chose to ban that information that would go against free speech. You see what I'm trying to say? Yep. That makes complete so, sense. So yep. free speech, I think it's it's very important to have. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because here here's the example I think of. Nicholas Copernicus back in, you know, I think it was the 1500s or the 1400s. The church executed him because he said that the earth actually revolved around the sun wasn't that not galileo? the sun revolving around the earth or maybe it was galileo no no no. i think galileo proved it oh he proved it but yeah this guy was galileo proved it because of like the, the telescope he was like one of the first people to put like a telescope together or something like i don't know what it was i okay something like that for sure i'm yeah. getting a couple of these people confused but someone, someone died <laughs> the, yeah, yeah nicholas copernicus definitely died but i don't know why exactly it might have been another reason it might have been that he said that the earth is not at the center of the universe or something like that. Right. But Crazy. one of those things. Now, now everyone didn't believe him. And nowadays, everyone believes him because we've proved it with science, right? Or we've, we've proven it using scientific methods. Uh, or so we, at least we think we've proven it, um, according to flat earthers. <laughs> but <laughs> nowadays, everyone believes it. But back in those days, no one did. People thought he was crazy and they executed him because his ideas were insane. And again, this kind of ties in back with the idea of religion being a form of control. Um, and he was telling the truth at the time, but they needed part of religion to be confirmed that we are at the center of the universe. God is watching over us. We are the main you know, people of the universe. And now here's the thing, right? Even if the church knew at the time or religion knew at the time that this was real that the earth was not at the center of the universe they had him executed because he was telling the truth doesn't that kind of ring a bell with alex jones he's saying all these crazy things that no like very few people would believe and people are after him and deplatforming him right you see what i'm saying i see what you're saying uh, now I, i'm not i'm not making the making the case or argument that he's correct but we should at least give him that freedom of speech it definitely is something that shouldn't be taken away. And I think people who are advocating to take away these these individuals, so Flat Earthers and Alex Jones and all of his followers, I think that's just the beginning, yeah. to be honest. I mean, they're the ones who are deciding what is correct speech, essentially. And that is not yeah. a good notion at all. Yeah. History has taught us that it is nothing but disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down the road. So, and Jordan yeah. Peterson's a big advocate of that kind of thinking. So, right, right. Something to consider. Something to consider. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, what uh, else is there to say about Alex Jones in that podcast? It it has already like Ooh. four point something million views. 
within it's one day? It's got 5.5 now. 5.5 million views. Yes. I'm pretty sure those are not the whole thing. Maybe like people were just tuned in for like a couple minutes probably. Um, Maybe, possibly. Um, but you also have to consider that's only the YouTube video, right? The audio version of the podcast might have gotten another few million or something like that. Or maybe a couple oh, million. That, that is true. Because yeah. pe- people listen to podcasts on their on their drive home, right? And you know the population of LA. It's fucking nuts. And you know the traffic in LA. Yeah. So podcasts uh, are There's some popular. comments. Yeah. yeah. Here's, a, here's a thing, right? There's a couple comments in the section that say... One guy says uh, 5.2 million views in two days and it's not trending. And then he puts dot, 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 censorship. I kind of saw um, those and, comments here and there. People were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Because yeah. it's not the and kind of video that's it. very friendly, right? It's not ad friendly. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. YouTube doesn't put it on the trending page. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who really watches um, videos from the trending page? <laughs> I, I mean, there are people. Trust me. There are people. There are for sure people. People who want to like stay stay up to date with what uh is culturally relevant you know what okay. i'm saying right but I just which wouldn't... is not really relevant right yeah life. i was about <laughs> to say that <laughs> so like, it's not really like relevant trends it's just what youtube puts out that thinks relevant did you did you see the picture of the egg or something like that? The egg that was On became Instagram? really popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the YouTuber I, like, I follow are talking about? What? That? Like, what is this? It's like a picture of an egg, and he has an Instagram account. And what was it like? Kylie Jenner or someone put out a put out a post saying like, "Go follow this page. It's going to be the most liked. We want them this page to have the most uh, amount of Instagram followers. How many Instagram followers does it have? Nine point nine million followers is this the correct page world egg oh uh it who, might not be who is the actual regular uh post of that um image i forget who to it be is. honest i don't know it was like it was just like a random account with one post i think yeah yeah world aid record no i think that's a i think that's another um, I don't know. Let me just type this in because the most, uh, the most liked post on Instagram. It should be. Uh, All right. I think it was the most followed. Followed most, post on Instagram. The most followed. The most followed. Yeah. Uh, account. Or account. Something like yeah. The most yeah. followed account. Most followed account. Um, 2019 Statistica. Instagram. Oh, Instagram itself has an account. Um, oh, <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Chris, uh, Cristino Ronaldo, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner. I mean, these are all just performers. These are all entertainers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I can't really verify the egg. Uh, right right i'll keep looking at it though so okay that's no problem um it's kind of weird how did that happen (laughs) the the egg egg. i think it was i i think it was one of the kardashian sisters i think don't quote me or maybe it was selena gomez someone who said go like it or something or go follow it and they all just swarmed in really i could be wrong i could be wrong 
Oh my I God. think that's what it was. The, the, I think she said, like, we're going to try to make it the world's most popular account or something like that. And they were, like, on board. And everyone just did it. <laughs> or a bunch of people did it. That's crazy to think about how yeah. her she has such an influence. I mean, who really... Honest to God, yeah. who really thinks that Kylie Jenner is such an important being that they need to copy them and they need to follow I'm... every word that they do? It's like, is she God or something like that? <laughs> That's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Unhealthy. I don't know. I, I feel like... Like, not even people... I could do that with Jordan Peterson. Like, even right. to a point how much I admire the guy, I'm yeah. not going to, like, wear his clothes or, or like, <laughs> I don't know, purchase anything he tells me to purchase. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Right, 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 right. If unless you like the product, or unless there's an actual reason for it, right? Unless there's a reason. But if it's for just it. like influence, if it's just yeah. like a like yeah. If it's just like a little literal command that's not going to get you anything, what's the purpose of it? That's kind of scary. Unless you're just participating for the spirit of it, like what ex- exactly? Like staying relevant, is that? fitting in. Like you need to be relevant. Staying uh, relevant, I think, is the is the is, is the, the key, big thing, right? Um, and like, if, for example, right, like, I think that's what it is. They want to be a part of the group, right? Like, let's say Jordan Peterson uh, sold some like, hey, Jordan Peterson shirts, whatever, right? I'm saying like, uh, let's say he sold a shirt that says, I'm a fan of Jordan Peterson's work or something like that, okay? And he advocated for like, hey, if you guys, you know, like my work, like, here's a shirt. If you like it, go get it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, if you you know it's it's also a similar thing of like wanting to fit in with a group right um you know so if you actually like i'm not saying like you shouldn't buy a shirt you know if you like his work like and if you want to like show people that you know that you like his work or you want to spark a conversation with some random person on the street who sees that you're wearing the shirt who also likes him then go for it you know it's it's got to be appeal it's got to be appearance because people need to feel like they're connected to other people in a way and i think in a part it's also about showing off right so people who wear like supreme or or other high topic uh or high value products people even have earbuds i see a lot of earbuds around campus yeah those are like those are expensive aren't they don't they have a payment plan for those the the airpods you mean the airpods yeah sorry <laughs> yeah airpods are 159 dollars dude the they're f- very expensive Why? yeah there's blue a couple of bluetooth I, they're apple dude apple they're like apple. everyone buys apple <laughs> it's an apple overprices a lot of their things you know what i mean now i i like apple i like their iphones um i like the macbooks yeah. they're very simple design they yeah. My, yeah, my laptop has never slowed down, right? And I've I've had this laptop uh, maybe slowed down a couple times, but like overall efficiently run, and I've had it for like five to six years now, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I love the laptop, and I'm not going back to like PC personally, right? But they do overprice it. They 100% overprice it, and it's part of the appeal is just it's Apple, man. That's it. It's just a branding thing. That's so interesting because the same thing is applied to Starbucks and and to other brands yeah. too. I mean, what yeah. what is it about that kind of marketing that really gets to people? Like people who walk into Starbucks, they'll they have no problem paying five bucks for a cup of coffee. 
It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of like, strange, dude. You can literally get like an entire gigantic. You can get a bag of coffee grinds for five bucks, and then buy like a little French press coffee maker that's like twenty five bucks, right. and make yourself coffee all day long. You know that, right. and in the long run, will save you tons of money. And you can, if you want iced coffee. It's the experience, yeah. And it's also, hey, look, I went to Starbucks. And it's convenient and cheap. It's not cheaper. It's convenient. It's, it's convenient, convenient because, it's everywhere. Uh, you know, it's just everywhere. And if you're out and, you know, you don't want to make your own coffee and, like, I think if you we're, want. We're guilty of that. Specialty to drinks. To be honest, yeah. Because I remember, I, well, let's get yeah. some coffee. It's like, sure. I, I have, I have, but those are usually only specialty drinks, right? Like, if, if I yeah. get, I mean, nowadays, if I wanted, I used to get black coffee also. I'm guilty of that. But uh, iced black coffee. Nowadays, if I wanted coffee, I like, dude, I make coffee every morning. And I'm, if I wanted it iced, I could just literally make the coffee, you know, put it in a little cup and put it in my freezer for like half an hour. Right. You know, put some ice in it or something like that. Yeah. I think we're talking about a certain demographic of people who actually indulge in this kind of overpriced marketing. So they always buy Starbucks. They only buy MacBooks or they're always with Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they're always, you know, having the expensive clothes and fashion, and mm. it's crazy to think about on a consistent basis, right? On a consistent so. basis, and yeah, you yeah. see a lot of that in LA, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. especially in in cities like Santa Monica, Hollywood, downtown LA. Um, I mean, even even around uh, Anaheim and and Fullerton and Diamond Bar and Pomona, things like that. So yeah, it's everywhere. Hence, no yeah, it. yeah. How much of a marketing yeah, yeah. is is influencing people? So, yeah, yeah. They say they say the higher end products that are not needs are typically status products. Meaning, it's like uh, it's like a way of communicating your financial status or something like that. Or it's your, a way of it's like it's like yeah. It's like uh, for example, diamonds. Right, diamonds are not a necessity for you to live um and they're very very expensive they're a luxury good right so in you know that's a status product if i have a gigantic diamond ring on my finger it's like whoa you must be rich fella you know that sort of thing um but it's a status it's it's literally a status product you know those those non-needed goods that are very expensive right it's yeah it's about the status yeah pretty much yeah yeah no. That's pretty much what this culture has come to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So we're uh, edging on two hours, and I'm accounting for that break we had. Okay. Um, so, I think we can call this an episode. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Pretty good. All right. Thanks for listening. I mean, we definitely wanted this to be uh, a new type of educational episode, but. Yeah, we kind of did that in the beginning. Then we talked about something that was relevant recently, which was the Alex Jones podcast with Joe Rogan, and that's yeah. getting a lot of uh, attention right now. Yeah, so we kind of wanted to split it. Uh, maybe in future episodes, we'll do just educational, like we'll just talk about that topic forever and relate to it. Yeah, in that particular section or segment, and then we'll probably have like another segment where we just. It'll be something like like discussing Alex Jones or discussing something that happened or just like free flow on some, you know, random stuff. Um, but there's yeah. definitely going to be certain designated educational podcasts where we just pick a random little topic and we 
uh, learn a few different things about it, and we discuss that. And so people will be educated. It's always good to have a more educated population. It's always good to learn something, and we always learn something too. So Yes. It's always interesting. Well, It's a win-win. Uh, everybody wins. Why not? Yep, yep. <laughs> so thanks for listening in. Uh, Podcast Odyssey. Uh, Parth and Matt here, signing off. Awesome.